1: Welcome in on a Friday edition of the podcast coming to you guys a little bit later on a Friday, but nonetheless happy to be here. Hope you guys are all doing fantastic. A lot to get to ahead on today's Locked On Cougars podcast. We're going to examine BYU entering selection Sunday weekend. Where are they projected according to Bracket Matrix? Some of these other sites that are projecting them we will examine that also a one on one conversation with new BYU offensive line coach Daryl Funk had a great opportunity to speak with him about his background what he expects to accomplish at BYU and get his thoughts on his offensive linemen. that are in his position group. So a lot to get to ahead on this edition of the podcast. So let's waste no more time and get into it. This is the locked on Cougars podcast for March 12th, 2021. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking some time to join us on your daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports. A lot to get to ahead on today's show, but a reminder, real quick, if you haven't done so already, if you're new to the show, hit that follow or subscribe button. That way you join us every day. It populates in your feed. You don't have to go hunting for it. The podcast is right there for you guys. And additionally, if you don't mind, leave us a rating and review, especially on Apple Podcasts. Your guys' support is how we get things building with this audience. We have a great audience, there's no doubt, but want to continue to build it. And you guys leave us a rating and review, especially on Apple Podcasts. Five stars only is what we want. It helps us continue to do what we do with Locked On Cougars. Alright, getting going here on a Friday. Obviously, we are all awaiting Sunday afternoon when the NCAA Tournament Selection Show is on air. Find out where the Cougars are slated to go. So I wanted to look at this uh, where BYU is currently projected to go. And what I love is there are websites out there, let's say one like BracketMatrix.com. They're not a sponsor, but they do a great job. What BracketMatrix.com does, if you don't know, I think many of you probably do, but if you don't, they are a website that compiles all of the projections for the NCAA tournament field from every bracketologist out there who's projecting the NCAA tournament brackets. Think Joe Lunardi and just a host of other ones, ESPN, Fox, man, and even some just independent ones that are out there. CBS Sports. It's a pretty impressive effort that they go to the work of doing, and be. BYU, as it stands in the bracket matrix, they are projected kind of all over the place. They actually have some projections putting them as high as a three seed in the NCAA tournament. And the low, according to bracket matrix for them, is a nine seed. So anywhere between three and nine, do I think BYU is going to be a three seed? Absolutely not. I think the very highest, the literal highest, I would even begin to believe that BYU could accomplish is a six seed. But even then, I know that's the projection where they sit considering they're currently sitting uh, with an average seed of 6.72, meaning they're sitting right between that 6 and 7 seed line in the NCAA tournament projections. So that's some good news if you're a BYU basketball fan is, yes, they are firmly inside the NCAA tournament field. But more importantly, you're now looking at them and saying, okay, they're going to have a favored matchup, it appears. But here is where I want to caution people. I don't want you to think that a 6 seed is locked up. Where a seven seat is locked up BYU and some of you may be aware of this others may not will always be under seated for one specific reason and it's nothing nefarious let's be clear about this but because BYU, as an institutional rule, and it is in the NCAA rule books, et cetera, their, their guides, whatever, BYU does not play on Sunday. Well, this year, uh, every year, I guess, I, what I should say, the first weekend of the NCAA tournament normally is a Thursday, Saturday format, Friday, Sunday. So BYU has to be in a Thursday, Saturday format to avoid Sunday play. But this year, it's a little bit different. It is going to be Friday, Sunday. Saturday, Monday is how the first weekend is going to play out. So BYU needs to be on a Saturday, Monday setup and that is going to potentially drop them maybe a seed line or as many as two to fit them into the field. So I am not saying it's out of the realm of possibility that BYU could be in line for a six seed and end up as an eight seed. If the NCAA tournament committee thinks they're a seven seed, there's in theory they could end up as a nine seed because that's just how it goes with BYU and I'm talking from a lot long- Long history of watching how these seedings have played out for the BYU men's basketball program uh, let's also acknowledge one thing here the BYU is going to be back in the NCAA tournament field for the first time in six years they were obviously going to make it last year before the tournament was cancelled but they have not been in the tournament since 2015 so it's very exciting to know that the Cougars are going dancing at the big dance but be aware that yes don't freak out I know many of the fans who don't listen to this podcast may freak out if the Cougars end up with as low as an eight or a nine seed it is my gut feeling they end up with a seven seed that's kind of where i see byu getting seated uh but i freely acknowledge i could see them dropping as low as an eight or a nine just to fit them into the field with regards to making sure they are in the right side of the bracket when it comes to the fact that they don't play on sunday so just be aware of that understand it and we'll have to see what shakes out when it comes to Selection Sunday coming up. Uh, and we'll also do a reaction to that uh, also on Monday's edition of the show. We'll break that down. Maybe do a little bit of a quick reaction on social media Sunday afternoon once we see where they are officially seated and give some early thoughts on their matchup and all that fun jazz. But the good news is, folks, BYU is going dancing. That should be exciting to all of you who are listening to the podcast. All right, coming up next, we'll switch to BYU football. A one-on-one conversation with new BYU offensive line coach Daryl had a great opportunity to speak with him earlier on this week. Wanted to let you guys hear that conversation. He talks a lot about what his background is as an offensive line coach, what he makes of the guys currently in his position group room with the offensive line at BYU. We'll get to all of that here momentarily. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at betonline.ag, folks. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. We mean that sincerely. Obviously, football is way in the rearview mirror. We have NBA action ongoing, college hoops, NCAA tournament right here on deck. NHL is in full swing golf. But the best part is, is they will make sure that you have any sporting event and or prop bet out there that you want created. Well, well, BetOnline will be happy to help you guys out and create that for you guys. You can head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today for free at BetOnline.ag and make sure also to get your 50% welcome bonus. How you do that is you make your first deposit at BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code Locked On when you do so, and they will give you 50% of whatever you deposit back to you as a bonus on top of your deposit. It's a great way to have some money, have some fun in the sports betting realm. Take advantage of it now. It's all courtesy of BetOnline, your online online sportsbook experts. All right, friends. you Need to take a minute here and talk to you about Squire and Company today. Obviously, we are all in the midst of tax season. If you have not submitted your taxes already, well, you're about a month away from tax day. I would recommend you get on it. And if you don't have somebody that can take care of it for you, might I recommend you check out Squire and Company? Squire and Company is a Utah-based CPA firm that is capable of scaling up or down to fill whatever you might need. Whether it's your personal income taxes, you've got, you're an entrepreneur who has his own business, you own a multi-billion-dollar company. Squire Squire can handle it all, guys. I've been working with Ray Chipman over there, one of the partners at Squire. Huge BYU fan, by the way, and would love to have him work with you guys at Squire. If you want to reach out to them, you can go online first off to learn more about their services by going to www.squire.com. Learn more about them. And if something you are interested in, reach out to Ray. You can email him, RaymondC at squire.com. That's S-Q-U-I-R-E dot com, or give him a call at 801-477. 4950 and company is a great great company folks i have known joe squire who founded the firm for many many years i can assure you they will take care of you guys they are founded on the principle of earning the trust of their clients and making sure that they help them meet their financial goals and like i said they're capable of helping you guys out no matter where you're at in life you just got a personal income that tax statement you wanted to have filed or like i said you have a multi-billion dollar company squire can meet you anywhere in between so reach out to ray directly raymond see at squire.com or give him a call 801-477-4950 that's squire and company a proud partner with us here on locked on cougars pleased to be joined now by new byu offensive line coach daryl funk coach thanks for taking the time how are you
0: great great glad to be on
1: how are you doing great thanks for taking the time i guess let's start here let's talk about you making your way to provo you've got a long long resume when it comes to coaching i, I could list off all the schools that would take probably the entirety of this podcast run down all yeah. the different spot, spots you've been coaching at but let's uh, let me fill me in a little bit on your background and how you ended up joining the byu football staff
0: well, um, like as you mentioned, I've got a long background. I originally was from Fort Collins, Colorado, and played at Colorado State back in the day. And then I've coached at a number of places since then. But uh, you know, previously in the last decade, I've been at, I've had stops at UTSA. I've had I was at Indiana State. I was at Purdue. I was at Akron and and Michigan in the last ten years. And then prior to that, I was at San Diego State, Colorado State. Uh, Ball State, Northern Illinois, and a handful of others. So uh, I've been been around the block and, you know, been on some uh, really good football teams and went, obviously moved my family around a lot. But uh, through all these years, the, the interesting thing about about ending up here is I've always had such a deep respect, one, for the BYU football program, and the excellence it stood for and the winning way back as far as I remember being a football fan. And, and then also uh, specifically the offensive line position at BYU and the offensive line job at BYU. I always held uh, both those uh, the position and the group in real high esteem and with a lot of respect. So it's it's fun to be a part of the program now.
1: Do you have, I know I talked to Aaron Roderick a little bit about this, he said that the connection he had with you was just knowing what you had done on the football field coaching against you. Uh, Do you have any other connections with the BYU staff outside of Coach Roderick in that respect?
0: Well, I, I think it does start with coaching against each other between A. Rod and then Kalani. You know, we've we've been on opposite sidelines quite a bit and battled, and and uh, so that's where it started because we didn't we didn't know each other, but uh, the, we knew of each other and competed against each other. But the other thing that is uh, what really was a line between me, uh, well, between those two and I was common uh, common people that we that we trust in the profession i mean you know a lot of people i mean you, i know a lot of people for 33 years i've been in the business i'm going to know a lot of people but it's it's the trust factor there's a there's a, quite a few that that uh, you know that that i would just say okay if that guy says you need to take a look at this guy, and he'll do a good job for you. I will believe it. And and some of those people were telling that to A. Rod and Kalani, that are common friends. And 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 I think that's important. And that was a huge thing. And then it, so that got us on the phone, and then and then we just you know talk and ball for hours, and and just felt like it was. I I felt good about the match right from the get go. I was just hoping that that they felt that too. And and I really, after being here three, four weeks, whatever it's been, I feel really good about uh about joining the program they, they do a lot of the things have done a lot of things that i've done in my career and and i really think uh i can be you know a good fit and, and can add to it and that's why i'm here
1: of course, you mentioned the fact you grew up in Fort Collins, played at Car- Colorado State. So even from your playing days and on into your coaching career, you've been associated or around BYU for a long time. When it comes to what you remember of those great BYU teams in the 80s when you played there and played against the Cougars and then coaching against them, what stands out most about the offensive lines from BYU to you?
0: Well, just just watching uh, not only big guys that, that were tough guys and moved people off off the you know off the ball and and run run game protection, whatever it was, the specific parts of it. But I always thought that they were just so well coached and they played together because you, you can have five talented linemen and uh, and if they're not on the same page, it really doesn't matter. Uh, some of my best lines have been maybe, and I've had quite a few really good players that I've been blessed to coach. But some of my best lines that played together were the ones that uh, the San Diego State line comes to mind. 2010. I think one of those kids might have been second or third team all conference, and a couple of them were young and ended up being good players. But that group really played together, and that's what I would say that I remember watching BYU and 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 you know watching them. Well, as a player, and of course, I came into this stadium in 1983. I'm dating myself here a little bit, and I was a true freshman lineman that actually played in a handful of games. Didn't play in that one, but uh, that was Steve Young's final year, and watching him, you know, work, work, you know, and that was like I can still remember that. And then a, a few years later, uh, or no, the next year, playing, I was playing tight end against the national champion. Uh, team with uh, Leon Leon White was a, a mm-hmm. uh, outside and there was a uh, I should know the name uh, Herman I think was a big defensive end that was a really good play I had more yeah. than one they had a great team Jim
1: Herman yeah uh, yeah
0: yeah and I just remember that was my first start so those were a couple um, a couple games that really made impressions on me as a young player is that not only okay those are good players. I got to get in the weight room. I got to do all that, but just watch it work. And then, and then a couple more years of player and then at Colorado state playing against them at San Diego state. So I've, I've got a full dose of it. Plus it's not just the games you play. It's also the games you break down. And I just, you know, cause you, you, we have crossover games that we may have had, um, we might've been playing Utah or might've been playing New Mexico, whatever. And we, we use a lot of times the BYU offensive film as an example hey this is how you do it and everything and it's just but it stood the test of time and and uh, and these kids here in my room now they understand the tradition. I'm gonna make them even more aware as we go through and have some guys that have, you know, especially once this COVID stuff clears, have some former players talk to them and so that they know that tradition. Cause I think uh they think they do, but I'm gonna introduce them even more to to the O line tradition here at BYU and, and and educate them more. But uh Anyway, so that's that's just a long history, but I've got so many different angles that I could say that I studied BYU
1: as an offensive line and just been impressed my whole career. There you go. Part one of my conversation with BYU Offensive Line Coach Daryl Funk. We'll get to part two here momentarily. Talk more about specific players. James Ampey, Clark Barrington. The who's going to replace Brady Christensen and the other guys at Offensive Tackle. Plenty more to get to with Coach Funk here momentarily. Do want to remind you guys to make sure you guys check out the brand new Locked On Today podcast. It is catching you up on all the sports news you need to know about every day in 20 minutes or less. A great great podcast is available wherever you your podcast cannot encourage you guys enough to take advantage of that and download it right now. Also, today we are brought to you in part by our good friends at Built Bar. We've talked a lot about Built Bar over the years. They're the best tasting protein bars, and we've talked for talked to you guys about them. They are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and they are absolutely delicious. They taste like a candy bar, and they're covered in 100% chocolate on all of their bars. Well, it is March, obviously, and we're all filling out brackets, or we'll be filling out brackets. And and Built Bar is completely right there with you guys. They are actually doing the Built Bar bracket. What is the greatest Built Bar of them all? We've now entered the Sweet 16 matchup, and we have Churro Puff taking on one of the heavyweights, in my opinion, in Cookies and Cream. I am a huge fan of Churros. I have not, as of yet, been able to try the Churro Puff. And you know what? I'm actually going to pick Churro Puff in the upset. You can have your say on this, though, by going to BuiltBar.com or following them on. At twitter at bar underscore built and casting your vote having your voice be heard when it comes to your favorite built bars haven't tried a built bar they have a special offer obviously for you guys go to builtbar.com order the built bars that you want and save 20 percent by using the promo code locked on 20 absolutely a phenomenal deal for the best tasting protein bars anywhere so once again promo code locked on 20 at builtbar.com and enjoy the best tasting protein bars anywhere This year, the Locked On Podcast Network will be live on Selection Sunday, March 14th, reacting to who's in and who's out of the NCAA tournament field. Locked On Big Ten hosts Ben Stevens and Josh Neighbors will host Selection Sunday live with local experts from around the Locked On College Podcast Network hosts yours truly may be included on that follow at locked on live on youtube twitch or facebook today and watch our live selection sunday special this sunday all right it's time now to get to part two of my conversation with byu offensive line coach daryl funk digging into some of the individual players and some of the standouts when it comes to byu's offensive line so without further ado part two with byu offensive line coach daryl funk Obviously, with Jeff Grimes and Eric Mateos moving on, they were kind of co-offensive line coaches for the last couple of years for BYU. They also lose three regular starters off of last year's offensive line. Uh, you return James Empey, who played center for the majority of his career at BYU. Is he kind of the, the focal point of the senior leader for this unit right now for you?
0: Yeah, w- without question. I mean, he's he's played a lot of games. He's smart. He's like a coach on the field and. And uh, often I've had a center like this that's had, you know, sometimes not. Sometimes it's been the inexperienced kid that was young. But uh, that that's a great place to start because he, he calls. In fact, I kid him about it sometimes. He calls so much of the front and, and, and the schemes and everything. Sometimes those guys don't have to say anything. And really not what I want. I want everyone communicating. They just say, well, James will know how to handle this. But it <laughs> comes with experience. But, you know, he's also very humble, too, because when I first met him, And, well, when I first met him, we had an individual meeting. We just got to know each other. I wanted to know about his family and his wife and all that. We didn't even talk. We barely talked ball that first time I met with each of the kids' individual. The second time, I had a little, you know, I asked him, hey, Give me a couple things that you think you need to improve on. I watched tape. I had an idea. Everybody needs to improve. I don't care. All pro NFL guys have things they can improve on. But he came in and, and he said, well, I got to work on this. I got to work on this. And he rattled off about five or six things. And I was like, well, I agree with those two things. We can get better. But boy, I think you're being a little hard on himself. But but that's that's kind of kid he is. He's very accountable, very good Uh, with the young guys in terms of explaining you know some things like I said a coach on the field and and when that guy plays the center position everyone's affected by it but he's he's done real well I'm really pleased with him so far
1: I want to ask you also about Clark Barrington he was kind of a revelation with how well he played the last couple of years coming off a mission what are you seeing from him so far what's his status health wise I know at the end of the season he got dinged up a little bit
0: yeah, he, he's good to go. You know, after four, five, or three, I guess padded practices. Now everyone has a little bit. You know, you tweak an ankle or you bang but he's he's good. I think he's taken another step forward. Um, I watched him, you know, because I watched all the games in order from last year mm-hmm. uh, and, and before, you know, just see chronologically how guys develop. And I, th- I thought he did a good job improving. And I think he's picked right up where he left off. And he's he, he's doing some things even now that I didn't necessarily seem him do consistently. And I've tweaked a couple things with him technique wise. But I I like his effort. He's he's a he's a, a tough effort tough guy on the field which you know hopefully everyone plays with that but he's one that maybe even goes a little bit past the whistle sometimes he's got a little bit of an edge to him but he's he's done well I'm really happy with him as well
1: the tackle positions obviously there's some turnover there you have Blake Freeland you've got Harris LeChance, both guys who have gotten playing time during their careers at at BYU to this point Uh, are they the two chief guys you're looking at at left and right tackle or are there other guys in the mix
0: well, right now, uh, I mean, they are they are running with the ones right now. You know, they played the most and all that, which makes sense. Braden Kime is is a big tall drink of water who's getting better by the day, and and he played a little bit last year. He's also playing the tackle position. Uh, Seth Willis is playing out there as well, and then we should have uh, Keanu uh, back in the fall as well, and he'll play out there. So so that'll add a lot of experience. On the edge, but but uh, Blake and and uh, Harris are are the lead guys right now. And uh, Braden's getting better every day. He's going to be he's going to be a real factor uh, sooner than later, I think, as he develops.
1: Who else is in the mix at guard? I know the guys like Connor Pay who come to mind. Mo Unatoa. Who else might be in the mix there on the interior?
0: well connor Connor has taken a lot of reps here, and he's playing he can play center too obviously um you know Mo has played and and done some things we've got uh uh campbell uh Barrington, you know Clark's, Clark's brother's brother is coming yeah. off and i'm I'm just guessing, but' because I don't know what Clark looked like coming off a mission, but I, my guess is Campbell's gonna be very similar tough hard playing doesn't know what he's doing yet that's my job to get him right and but plays with great effort and and he's taking some some reps there as well and then when we get joe back in the in the fall he'll he'll be playing he'll be in the mix at guard uh and center and he'll uh you know he'll, he'll when he's back he'll be uh he'll have a real chance there too so uh you know we've got we we do have some some holes to fill uh, you know, I, I obviously with, with with Brady on that left side there, that's the one that everyone talks about first, but the other kids that had played a lot of football. But the nice thing is I've seen, uh, I mean, Harris has played a ton of football, even though he doesn't have as many starts. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, Boyk has. And then uh, and I thought Connor played real well in the bowl game last year. You know, he wasn't even expecting a rep at, at center. I thought he did a good job. And, and uh, but these kids are, they're working at it they know that uh you know they they know that we've got uh you know uh, a different schedule they know that that we've lost some really good players and 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 to me uh i think they're using it as a rally cry to to bow up and 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 be determined not to have a letdown there was there was no law that says that has to happen or whatever and that's how we're approaching and and uh, they're playing hard and, and and you know we've got a lot of work to do no question we've got holes to fill but I think we have the the guys to fill it with and if they'll continue working like they have
1: uh, one other uh, personnel question with regards to guys like Braden Kime you already mentioned is there another young player who may have just entered the program early on in springs, kind of standing out to you if anybody comes to mind
0: well, uh, you know, I think we've mentioned most of them. Uh, Donovan Hanna's is one that we've moved from tight end to, to offensive line. He's in that just got here mode, different things. And uh, the advantage, you know, he was a tight end. And any time a tight end moves into the O-line room, uh they immediately ha- they think they're at a disadvantage and they are. They don't know how to play a line, but athletically all of a sudden they're one of the best athletes in the in the room. And mm-hmm. once he figures it out, he'll he'll uh, he'll be in the mix. Right now he's at a tackle, but he could easily slide inside. But he's another one that that's done some things. Um, you know, Andrew Slack hasn't really had an opportunity yet. He will, but uh that's, and we have some other kids, too, that you may hear of down the road. But those 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 guys are the main ones right now that are that are taking reps.
1: I want to go back to something you mentioned, the, the, the thought from these guys that they don't want to have a drop-off. They don't want to have to, quote-unquote, rebuild this year. Is that kind of the mentality that's permeating this entire program right now? That, hey, we had a great year last year. It was fun. But let's go out and recreate it again in 2021.
0: Well, absolutely. I, I, but I would think this, that, no matter what you've done in the past, the previous year, whether it's good or bad, really does. I mean, it's a new year. We've got to start from scratch and everything. And they understand that. You know, you, you look at our schedule. We've got, uh, you know, we play a lot of really good football teams. Uh, it's a little bit, you know, obviously a different schedule than last year. And we'll take everyone one at a time. But But I believe that these kids think if we do that one at a time, and, and I can't speak for the whole team, but I know this is that we focus one game at a time. We can play with any of those teams. But we're gonna to have to 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 like I said, you not a drop off. A lot of people just I don't know, it might be media, it might be other programs. They just expect one because of who's gonna be drafted or who's gone or whatever and and all that. But uh but I, I think these kids have a lot of pride in what they've done and then in that respect, they're gonna take what they have done well last year, take it and run and and build on it from there because I think I think we can do that. So it's kind of a two-sided coin there a little bit you can look at it different but i i know this they're not they're not taken for granted okay they won 11 games last year it's just going to happen i promise you they're not doing that but by the same token uh we understand that there, there's a big challenge in front of us and uh and if each one of these kids in and, and, and the program really but if each one of these kids works to get better they will naturally fill the void left by other players that 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 happens all the time in football or in sports. Someone's got to take it over. You know, I don't care what sport you. you I mean, you 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 work with the jazz and different things, right? Okay, well, and when uh, when Stockton and Malone were, were gone, did they just sack their bats and say, "Well, they're gone. We can't you know can't play anymore"? They, they, you can't do that. Yeah. And I'm a big NBA fan, by the way. That's why I had to ask about that, but. But I know I think these kids have a great attitude there's no no entitlement no uh, even the returning starters that's why I talked about James I mean he he has probably a lot of reasons to say you know what I I've, I've had a lot of starts I've done a lot of you know I've played a lot of football like he could probably take it for granted a practice or two and get away with it he doesn't he's out there every day grinding so uh, I think our kids heads are in the right place I really do
1: I can tell you this much, Coach. Jerry Sloan would not have let that team uh, slack off. I can tell you that much.
0: I such a deep respect for that man. Uh, I really do. Big loss.
1: An, so An absolute legend in every way. Well, Coach, we'll leave it there. Can't thank you enough for taking some time. Looking forward to catching up with you down the road here, okay? Great. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on. There you have it. Thank you to coach Funk for taking the time to join me in an extensive conversation. Hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you guys. Learned a lot about what, how coach Funk operates and everything I've heard early on from spring ball, by the way, is it sounds like he is a perfect fit on this BYU offensive coaching staff. He has fit in seamlessly and done good work so far. I know we're about coming up on about the halfway point of spring football, but you can take some um, comfort in knowing that coach Funk is fitting in just fine and doing, some good things based on everything i am hearing all right that's gonna do it for this friday edition of the podcast i hope you guys are all doing fantastic out there have a great weekend uh get out and enjoy yourself the weather here along the wasatch front may be a little cold but the weather is looking pretty promising here on a friday hopefully it holds up throughout the weekend and i hope you guys are all having a good time wherever you might be whenever you hear this this has been the locked on cougars podcast for march 12th 2021 and we will talk to you guys on Monday.